on this sixth episode of the Principal Insights Podcast, we will consider an important question. How can classroom instruction save us? We will think about how so many elements of classroom instruction are within our sphere of influence and how our intentional practices can and should serve as a saving grace during tumultuous and uncertain times. How we had hoped for a normal school year in August, that natural break between school ending and starting, the arrival of vaccines primed us for the potential of returning, sort of, to what we had so comfortably known before March of 2020. Maybe in a way we were too hopeful, too eager to grasp onto the comforts and familiarity of what school had been. And then there was all the contact tracing, hours and hours of checking seating charts, so many reminders that things were still amiss. In our state of Connecticut, wearing masks, distancing student desks, sanitizing, while necessary and helpful practices, served as continual reminders of the dangers we face. We certainly weren't headed back to the way things were before, and for so many of us, the toll of the constant worry continued to mount. It is grief and sadness and resentment for sure. And from the seat of the school leader, the question always is, what do we do next? It is easy to fall into the trap of constant crisis leadership, since we are indeed leading during a crisis. The trap is to let the work of school improvement fall to the wayside. Without a doubt, COVID causes all of us to get sucked into a vortex of nonstop logistics with all of the changing rules and guidelines, managing our and our staff members' fear and anxiety about health and safety, the fractured societal views about the virus in the first place. For me, the angst, while 100% justified, is not and cannot be a sustainable way to practice. We at our school had to look outward, along with the COVID concerns, at what is indeed within our control. We've been thinking a lot about classroom instruction this year as a concrete element of something within our control when so many things feel as if they aren't. We are taking a specific look at instructional practices that provide students with more ownership and involvement with their own learning. And importantly, how these practices also help to empower teachers and increase their belief that their work makes a difference in students' growth and progress. In the show notes, there is a link to our theory of action that shows the connection between teachers' sense of agency and students' sense of agency, and purposeful classroom instruction that empowers students to engage in deeper learning is an important part of that connection. I want to say a bit more about the idea of agency or efficacy during uncertain, constantly changing times, and the necessity of agency as a way to increase motivation and to build trust in both staff members and students. Self-efficacy can be threatened or challenged when our external environment is in flux, when what has worked before may not be as effective now, or what has felt safe for some of us for many years experiences upheaval. One of the school leader's primary responsibilities is to reinforce and encourage that sense of efficacy in both students and staff, clearing a path for everyone's efforts and cheering them on as we all move ahead. Classroom instruction, the very stuff of our profession, offered to students by teachers, often co-constructed with students and teachers, then received and shared back again from students in that wonderful reciprocity of teaching and learning, 
is the point of entry for self-efficacy or self-agency. It is what we do. To focus our efforts, we landed on 21 powerful practices for deeper learning, developed with our school leadership team, with a small group of students and teachers who imagined an ideal classroom, and by consulting the work of researcher John Hattie, who completed meta-analyses of studies to determine the most effective instructional strategies based upon their studied impact upon student learning. The list of the 21 powerful practices is linked in the show notes. This list provides us with both a map and a menu of our areas of focus and work moving forward. Crucially important during this time of uncertainty is that there is nothing new on the list of powerful practices. All of these strategies have been part of learner-centered pedagogy for decades. What is needed is for all of us to use them more consistently and with greater confidence. The stuff of our profession is not new, not a shiny object to chase and purchase. We can grow as professionals and expand our students' abilities through how we teach. As obvious as it seems now, we realized this year that a missing piece was the design of the professional learning related to instructional practices, and actually most professional learning, regardless of topic. We expect teachers to implement student-centered learning while providing professional learning to them that is often whole group, lecture style, with little practice, feedback, or reflection built in. There is very often a fundamental contradiction in the way that we teach teachers, but then expect teachers to employ very different methodologies. We committed at the start of the year that faculty meetings and professional learning sessions would demonstrate use of the 21 powerful practices, as well as explicitly pointing out what those practices and intentional instructional decisions were. We have taken some concrete steps around all 21 powerful practices in order to build our understanding as a school. In both faculty meetings and professional learning community department-based meetings, the first step was to create lists of look-fors for each powerful practice. In other words, how might a practice such as peer-to-peer -peer feedback appear during a lesson? What would it sound like and look like? We completed the same activity with the 60 members of our principal's advisory panel as we believe that students should understand important concepts that they experience in the classroom when it comes to teaching and learning. Next, we ask groups of teachers to determine the beliefs inherent in each of the 21 powerful practices, answering the question, what does a person who utilizes this strategy believe about teaching and learning? Or what does using this practice show about what a teacher believes about teaching and learning? A last step in meaning making around the 21 powerful practices was asking department level groups of teachers to determine what student needs are being met by each of the 21 powerful practices. This last step connects the classroom look fors, the beliefs underlying each practice, and how students are actually assisted by the practice. Now each powerful practice has a complete set of explanations with it. We are at the point where we will critique each of the explanations as department level groups to make any last revisions before the direct implementation phase begins with the practices. In the implementation phase, teachers will run a brief inquiry cycle in their classes with one or two of the practices that they have selected. Of course, we will provide teachers with professional learning in how to run a brief inquiry cycle, demonstrating how this work is not adding to their responsibilities, but is in fact part of their daily practice. We are fortunate to have professional learning community time built into our schedule for each department so that they can plan, collaborate, and debrief 
as they implement and experiment with the powerful practices. We will develop specific discussion protocols to assist with their analysis of the powerful practices in their classrooms. We know that time is among the most precious commodities in schools and that there is never enough of it to accomplish our goals as rapidly as we would like. To address that need, we created bite-sized professional learning mini lessons of 15 minutes each so that by the end of March, we will have a video explanation and practical tips for each powerful practice. Teachers can attend the mini lessons in real time in the space between the end of the school day and their departure time, or watch the recorded lesson themselves. We feel strongly that small bites of information will help us move forward. And these videos also demonstrate a respect for people's time as well as for their attention span. I began this episode with the question, how can classroom instruction save us? Of course, it will not take away the worries and many logistical considerations that COVID brings to schools, but it can allow us to focus upon what matters most and what has the greatest influence upon students' achievement. Ultimately, our goal is to create a sense of agency and accomplishment for both teachers and students within their daily efforts in school, while building a bridge to transfer that sense of agency across other areas of life. In this way, classroom instruction, that which we know best and can learn to do even better, can save us even during the most challenging of days. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Principal Insights Podcast. The show notes contain links to important documents such as the Powerful Practices and the Watertown High School Theory of Action. Thank you and I appreciate your thinking and consideration of our ideas.